Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah, ambrosia. Ah, today is, say it with me, people. It is Friday. Woohoo! September 8th. A week into September already. So hope you all are um, revved to have completed sort of our first week of fall. I'm one of those people that autumn feels like the beginning to me. If I were ruling the world and I got to set uh, the calendar, I would make the new year be at the beginning of September. Um, that's just how it's always felt to me. I don't think that's, maybe it's leftover from school. Uh, that whole feeling of classes kicking in again. Although so many schools are starting now in August that that's kind of changed. But I love the energy of autumn. You know, like when people talk about what's your favorite season. I love, I love the autumnal feel. I love the, the cooling air and the feeling of everything packing in the energy. So um, I got really exciting news yesterday, which I have to torment you with because I cannot yet share. Um, I actually don't even know what the news is yet because um, I'm having a meeting today. A meeting. I'm having a meeting with someone very exciting today. And <laughs> so Jim Sorensen, my crit partner, as soon as I found this out, I'm like tagging all of my friends, you know, and I'm so excited and telling them. And so I text Jim Sorensen and uh, told him I, I have a meeting with this person tomorrow. And he goes, exciting. And he said, as, as president of CIFWA or as a writer? And I was like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, it's a fair question. But um, it, it's actually as a writer this time. So, so I, I was looking around, seeing, wondering where Killian went. Uh, we've had the, the quail train coming through lately. A little fall batch of quail babies. And they're not baby babies anymore. They're like, um, they're like, uh, you know, well, we call them juvies, right? Juveniles. I'm trying to think of how to tell you how big they are. Like maybe the size of my fist. And I don't have tiny little hands, but... You know, about that size, um, they're still super cute. And they get on our waterfall out front and come in for the water there. Oh, there he is. Good. And they're funny because they climb up on there. And they, they can't quite fly yet, but they have these little stubby wings that they can, like, use as gliders. <laughs> you, you all, this is so super cute. So they'll, like, get up on the rock and they'll drink. And then they leap off the rock and they kind of catch a good glide. Anyway, uh, these are like the um, the popcorn of the desert. They're they're kind of past popcorn stage now. They're like at uh, you know like a chunky snack mix <laughs> size. All the predators want them, all of them, and the cats see them and just get electrified. And they're like, "This is great prey, juicy and young and tender, and I could get one." And we're like, "But they not, <laughs> they not." Um, 
the Cooper's Hawk knows what time they come in to drink, and I see the hawk go over. And the other day, the hawk was, um, I'd just seen the quail train go by. We call it the quail train because the parents call them along. They have this this song that goes, it's really great. Um, and that's sort of how they like tell everyone that everything is fine. Guide their little train of, of juvies. So, um, yeah, I, I'd seen the, the quail train go by just recently and I saw the hawk silhouette. And so I went and looked out there and the Cooper's hawk is sitting down in the lower limbs of the juniper. Very crafty, very wily. I mean, I had to give it to the hawk. Um, looked like a spur of a dead branch down there watching the water fountains. And I feel personally responsible because I'm the one who's like attracting, creating the buffet. I'm the one laying out the table. So I started walking down there towards that Cooper Hawk and the Hawk was like, you don't see me, you don't see me, you don't see me. And then I finally got close enough that the, the Hawk was, it said, ah, you see me and flew off. And it's like, well, I don't know. My little drop in the bucket. Anyway, I brought Killian back here so that he can't uh, chase the juvie coil. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll be able to tell you the news. It's um, We're just sort of getting to that, you know, having having this meeting today and hearing what they have to say. And I'm really excited, you guys. I've been feeling um, sort of this tremendous sense of relief. I feel like this is something I've been uh, working really hard towards for a long time. And finally something is happening. So, um, yes, more on that later. But yes, thank you for all your support and your good wishes and so forth. Um, I know I have notes, things that I wanted to talk about. Oh, so this is kind of funny. Um, on Smashwords, I use Smashwords to distribute to Apple and Scribd, a few other things, but those are the two biggies. And because I don't upload directly to Apple, because I don't have a Mac and don't tell me to buy a Mac so I can do it because I'm not going to. I'm happy using Smashwords to distribute. But um, when I put in the keywords for Twisted Magic, now available for pre-order, I, uh, <coughs> I put in Adult Fantasy. <coughs> Excuse me. And they flagged it for their expanded distribution, saying that my keywords indicated it was a work of erotica. And that I needed to uh, put it in erotica category. And it drives me crazy. It just annoys me so much because it's like, since when does fantasy for adults as opposed to YA fantasy, why does that mean erotica? It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh and I won't spend a lot of time ranting about it, but that's the state of the industry. 
it's just, yeah, there we are. You know, and it's one of those things where now YA, young adult, which, you know, I've talked about before, YA didn't exist as a genre when I was a young adult. Now it's, it's ceasing to lose its meaning, right? Uh, because so many adults read young adult, which is great and fine, but a lot of young adult has pretty steamy content. So that part has changed. So it's like, you know, now young adult means female focused more or less, right? So many, uh, Female fantasy authors talk about getting categorized as YA when their books are not YA. But if you call them adult, then that means that it's porn. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Oh, <laughs> I, if you're on video, I think you may have seen that David has been trapping pack rats and Killian just went and dug this pack rat from the trap by acting like he caught it. I'm going to pause. All right, that was pretty funny because I just happened to catch it on the camera as Killian went by and then out of the corner of my eye. Uh, when we talk about the gun, I mean, if you hate this kind of thing, cover your ears. But uh, we have this, it's like a compressed carbon dioxide cartridge and the the rodents put their heads up in there and it it's a very fast it's a very um painless and fast killing uh but then it leaves the the little bodies behind and killian is now learning that that gun is set up there gun is probably the wrong word for it but you know what i mean it's yeah rodent machine i don't know what so anyway uh he's went and dragged that great big pack rat off of there and went by having to hold his head up to keep it from dragging on the ground. Terribly proud of himself. So anyway, I've like totally lost my train of thought. That's Autumn and Santa Fe. Oh, I was talking about the adult fantasy thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a weird thing. All right, let's see. So I had other things to talk about, I'm sure. I'm trying to ramp back up into getting Twisted Magic done. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to mention, just sort of as a general industry thing. You know, Barnes & Noble keeps trying to be relevant. And, and I appreciate them trying to be relevant because I would love for them to give Amazon competition. And as many of you know, my self-published works are wide. So they are carried by Barnes and Noble. So agent Sarah the other day sent out an email saying that Barnes and Noble was doing one of their pre-order specials, um, where if people pre-order on at Barnes and Noble, they get 25% off on the book and an author makes same amount of money. So it's a good deal for us. And, you know, share on our socials. And she said, you know, if we use the hashtag and, and tag them that they'll pick it up and reshare on their socials. So I thought, okay, well, why not? Cause I've got twisted magic up for pre-order. And I mean, I don't have a lot of nook readers as so far as I can tell it's gone down. It's definitely gone down. Um, my personal experience, and it seems that people have different experiences 
what's really interesting to me is different books sell better on other platforms than Amazon. Uh, and I don't understand why, but it's like they'll only sell there. Uh, like on Barnes and Noble, I have entire series that just like don't sell at all on there, but then other things that sell only there or almost only there, which is a good argument for being wide. Oh, and as an aside, I just found out the other day, I did not know this, that on Kindle Unlimited, you know, authors get paid for page reads. Did you know that they do not get paid for rereads? You only get paid read for that first time. I guess that makes sense because um, in the early days, people were capitalizing, you know, doing that, making people click through a whole bunch of times and getting paid for those page reads. So now you only get paid for the first time through. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot going on lately with Kindle Unlimited um, and the romance genre being receiving less of a percentage of the sales because it's the biggest one, I guess. Uh, very pe People are very upset about that. Uh, getting paid less per page read than before. So anyway, um, Barnes & Noble pre-ordered deal. Um, I put some effort into it Wednesday morning because I thought, okay, I'm willing to give this a try. Uh, my Barnes & Noble sales have been going down, down, down. Uh, and Kobo is going up. And it's kind of funny because somebody, somebody with a vested interest, and I'm not going to say who it is, but someone on another retail platform uh, at a conference recently told me that, that Kobo was going down, that Kobo was getting less of the market share. And I was like, not of mine. That's my sales from Kobo have been going up, 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 and I love it. Um, yeah, totally on board with selling stuff through Kobo. So anyway, anyway, Barnes and Noble, I, you know, I actually invested in doing this. I made a graphic, uh, encouraged people, you know, if you read on Nook, pre-order my book here. I shared it on all the socials. I tagged Barnes and Noble like I should have. Um, before I began this, it, this was on the 6th. It's going the 6th through today. I had one pre-order for Twisted Magic on Nook, which I'm, I'm going to say it's typical. I mean, this, there's a reason why I don't look at my Barnes and Noble sales reports much. I gauge how something is doing by looking at Amazon. So um, I don't have tons of pre-orders on Amazon yet. Uh, I've got something like 150 so far, uh, which is great because that's enough to pay off my investment in it and i know it'll continue to increase uh, usually i have more pre-orders by this point because i'll have the pre-order link at the end of the previous book right so as soon as people finish the book they can click to pre-order the next one and i simply wasn't ready when rogue familiar came out in april i didn't do it i have since uploaded a new version with the link in the back but the you know the pre i expected pre-orders to be slow but so 150 on Amazon versus one on Barnes and Noble. So I did this promo push. Uh, and as of the end of yesterday, guess how many Barnes and Noble pre-orders I have? I have two, <laughs> two. So that was a fair amount of work to try to pump up for 
one more pre-order and have they shared on my on their socials have they reshared it no not that i've seen and i should get tagged right if they have maybe they only do it for big important books one thing i've noticed is i could do the print pre-order on barnes and noble and i maybe should i'm gonna tag my cover designer um because well first of all i have to write the back cover copy but in order to do the pre-order on barnes and noble you have to upload the print cover and i don't have the print cover yet normally my process is is once the book is done uh, and it's formatted. I send it to my formatter. My formatter tells me how many pages it is because my cover designer has to know how many pages it is in order to design the back cover because the spine width is going to vary depending on how many pages it is. So that's usually my very one of my very last steps is to do the print pre-order. So I'm going to ask her if she can do a generic one for now to allow me to do the pre-order. However, I do need to get her that back cover copy. Um, I'm at about 12,000 words on Twisted Magic. I really need to accelerate, but um, you know, it's, it's really great having this meeting today and feeling like things are moving and I feel so much less pressure and it's just ah, fabulous, extraordinary. I think one thing about being an indie author, and I've talked to many friends about this, um, is that there is a sense of unrelenting pressure to get that next book out so that you can kick the algorithm and get the sales back up again uh, in order to keep that income coming so you can like pay the electric bill. It doesn't help when we're, you know, in this period of inflation where things are getting more and more expensive too. So the thing is though, is it's, yeah, it, it becomes kind of this hamster wheel, right? Where you feel like you're constantly working to, you know, get the book out and, you know, write the next one and all of this. And I knew this year that I was really getting myself in a little bit of a, fixed by pursuing these traditional publishing deals because I have two books that I've written that, you know, haven't been producing many for me yet, right? They're not out in the world. And so it's, um, it's nice to have this feeling that like, maybe I can relax a little bit. And I think it's really hard to disconnect myself from the idea that how much I work every day is directly related to how much money I'm bringing in. That if I don't work, I am somehow um, sabotaging my income. I have enough of a backlist now that I do have a fairly steady income from that. I know what my baseline is. It's very interesting when I don't have a release in a while and I haven't had a release since April. So that's a long time. You know, the, the people who analyze such things really say that after 60 days uh, on Amazon, the algorithm starts working against you if you haven't had a new release. And so I've been, um, April, May, June, July, August, I've been twice that, right? So 
and next release will be Twisted Magic in October. And I really want to hit that October date, right? Obviously. But um, yeah, it's it's really interesting when I don't have that. My sales fall to a very predictable, steady level. Um, what I would love is I I could get that very predictable, steady level to be about twice what it is. But so far, no. Uh, although I will say that my diversification really has worked. Uh, that the income from other places like Kobo, we love Kobo. Um, Barnes & Noble, get your freaking act together. Why, why doesn't this work? I don't understand it. Maybe they're just so focused on print. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, that's um, sort of my weekly wrap-up. Uh, thank you all for your support and excitement. And I will give you news as soon as I have it. You all take care. Have a great weekend. Go out and enjoy this. Oh, so gorgeous weather here. You all take care. Bye-bye.